Hey everyone, and welcome to the newest episode of Shillin' and Chillin'. I'm your host, Icon Jester. Today we have a very interesting podcast. Normally, as you guys know, we have you know one host, myself, and then one guest, and uh, we just kind of chat through different details in the, in, about the NFT community, different projects, what's coming up, where they're coming from as far as their background. Today's a little different. We're doing a roundtable with some of our NFH villains today. Uh, so we've got five different people going to be on the call, including myself, making six, uh, basically just going around and talking about how they entered into the NFH environment and why they chose villain, and then talking about something very exciting. And I won't get into that too much right now. I'll let them kind of discuss that. But first up, we have Buckshot on the call. Uh, Buckshot, please tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into NFH. Hey, what's up? Um, I can't remember the exact date or anything like that, but sometime back in the fall, uh, I'm, I was relatively new to uh, NFTs and kind of got rug pulled on the first two projects I entered. And so I was like going back and forth on whether or not I was even going to bother with it anymore. And I couldn't even tell you where I saw NFH, but I got in the discord and almost immediately, like I, I kind of learned, like get in, get to know the community, ask some questions, do your own research, uh, ask some questions. And, and it was probably one of you, to be honest, said, Hey, you need to hang out, wait for Shaman to get online, you know, don't buy anything yet. Wait for Shaman. And so I kind of was like, uh, what are they, you know, what, what are they got going on? And so at that point, uh, I think it had already minted out. So already sold out. And I forget what the what the floor was, but it was it was over point one, and so uh, yeah, I waited on Shaman. Shaman got online. He he wanted to play a little, do a little shopping spree. Hooked me up with uh, an awesome villain at uh, at mint price, which I thought was like a great way to onboard people. And yeah, I was kind of hooked. Just that that uh, awesome community right from the start got me in there. That's interesting. I um. We actually did a podcast recently and I alluded to, did not, I don't know if, I don't think I mentioned NFH specifically, but I did allude to the fact when I was on, on another podcast, uh, that, that they do this, like the, the community is really, really solid and does like these shopping sprees for different, uh, you know, different new people that are in the community. And I think that that's super unique and really exciting. So I'm glad to hear you're one of the ones that, that kind of went through that. It'll solidify a previous podcast now. Yeah. Um, next up we have Codename. Codename, um, obviously you've been on one of our podcasts in the past. Uh, welcome back again to your, you're the first ever two, two guester. Um, so welcome back to the podcast and, um, Tell us about how you got into NFH. Oh, thank you, thank you for having me back. First of all, first time was a pleasure. Um, yeah, I got it. I got into NFH because uh, I needed a banana to figure out, you know, how these generation templates and NFT projects really worked from the inside out. You know, I'm kind of a tech guy uh, in the area, in the industry, kind of thing, and uh, wanted to understand the back end a little bit. So, was following V, saw saw the Twitters. Uh, about uh, about how to generate your own NFT, get your own NFT project going. Uh, had worked with some other projects already, but wanted to kind of see and, and expand uh, the code base on on what I was looking at. 
Uh, so went through, started to look through some of that stuff, participated in a couple of stages, um, and then the whole NFH thing unfold. Um, was able to get one, you know, whitelisted for having for being a banana holder. Uh, just got, well, just was able to get that one, and then obviously, you know, sold out in you know several seconds. Um, so, you know, essentially had to uh, amass my empire from there. Yes, you have quite the empire. I will, I will attest to that. Um, Commodore, same question to you. How did you find NFH? G'day, g'day. Uh, why? Mate, I bloody stumbled into it. I, it was it was just uh, dumb luck. What ended up happening with me uh, was I was scrolling through. Uh, I just jumped into the crypto world personally around around about I'd say June, July uh, last year. So quite quite new to the whole scene and i ended up um as you do when you go down the rabbit hole stumbling into the uh the nft world and being a bit of a past wannabe artist i was uh pretty intrigued by the uh the way the crypto and uh, creative world came together so i went in there and there was this project that was playing around with bananas um and they were selling them quite cheap so uh, I went in there, had a look around their uh, their Twitter, and ended up winning a competition there. And from that point, I showed it to one of my mates, and he, thankfully, ended up going over to a different uh, a different Twitter profile completely, just based upon the fact that it was a banana profile. That one ended up becoming BBCO. That was something completely different. And I looked at it and thought to myself, mate, this is the wrong bloody one. Mm. So I dove into there, had a look at that project. And from there, I entered a random competition. That competition was to do an editor, a, a regenerative editor of uh, one of their bananas. Bibico, I ended up winning that one. And I got a bunch of uh, other NFTs, that uh, a bunch of bananas for um, uh, the prize. And that was three bananas. And I thought, well, that's bloody nice. They've just, <laughs> they've just given me a bunch of cash, okay? Because at the time, I didn't have any idea what was going on with our NFTs, except that you could, in my head, trade them in. Uh, and from that point, it all kind of just snowballed out of control. I went to their, their pages, uh, the Discord signed up, had a little look around, saw the, uh, the banners for um, NFH, uh, clicked on all of that fun stuff, uh, moved across, went into uh, the Discord, as I mentioned earlier, and saw the one-of-ones that were coming out, and that art blew me away. And from that point, I was pretty well hooked. Um, and, yeah, everything, as I said, snowballed into a an Aussie salty croc that you hear before you now. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, I, I actually recall that competition with the bananas because I entered it and lost it. So, um, yeah, thanks for beating me. In the, uh, uh, in the art competition. <laughs> mine, went, mine wasn't that great. I mean, it was entertaining if nothing else, but yeah, it, it wasn't, uh, apparently wasn't a, a, a huge hit. I, I went with a uh, Trogdor, the Burninator for it. And, uh, didn't, didn't, didn't hold its ground, I suppose. Um, all right. <laughs> so next up we've got Duma. Duma, tell us how you entered into the NFH metaverse. Hey, what's up? Um, so I guess originally I was in crypto for quite a while, trading and stuff, uh, DeFi guy. 
was a, uh, I was a real, uh, right click saver for a really long time. Um, and then I guess at some point I started seeing the, uh, the bases price start increasing like real quick. And so I started getting more, more curious and wanted to, uh, learn a little bit about it, I guess. Um, and so I started searching around and finally found, uh, some of these, um, Twitter threads that were, you know, like informative about NFTs and all that. And so I just kept following him for a while and eventually found out that he had the, uh, the BBCO project, um, going on. Uh, and so I decided if I was going to buy an NFT at all, it should be from him. He's obviously knows what he's doing. Um, and so I think, I don't, I don't think I minted. I, uh, I think I bought them secondary, but it was pretty close to the mint date. Um, and so I bought three of those and I just had them and started, uh, get involved with the community and, you know, talking with everybody a bit. Um, and then eventually it, uh, you know, turned out to NFH and all of its glory, I guess. Yeah. And, and changed your name too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The, the armchair rat days. Yeah, that's it's uh, was entertaining. I've I've talked to a, f- a few people and said, you know how far Duma and I go back. I knew Duma before he was even Duma. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was um, yeah yeah. You're definitely one of the ones that was in there from the very beginning and in you know in uh, the bananas group and definitely were very active in the group as well. So. Uh, certainly one of the ogs and there's not there's not very many around um i think you and numeral and yeah they kind of died off you know only a few step one you're up tell us how you entered into nfh nation hi there jester well that's a interesting story uh i'm a 10 year plus uh, software engineer and uh last summer I was uh, completely wrecked by selling a uh, three million Dodge uh, too soon to buy a truck camper, and uh, I was looking for another way to uh, exit the rat race, so mm. to speak. And um, so I got in. I got into BSC shitcoins um, as a as a lead developer on a project called Cabaret, and it had locked liquidity, but I had some beef with the management after. I released two, two games, two, two crypto games. And so I was, I, I, I left for ETH, for Ether, uh, ERC 20. And I was like, I'm going to do my own thing. And so I forked cab bread in, in namesake only because I really don't want this spaghetti code that I inherited over there. And, and then I came over to, to, to Ethereum and I was like, okay. I need to get into NFTs. Um, this had been a plan, um, but uh, being the, the lead dev on that, on a Capra BSC shitcoins, um, I was like, I had no time to do anything other than maintain the code and holler uh, in Telegram. So getting to Ethereum, I was like, what, you know, what should I do first? And I was looking around doing my research and I stumbled on the, the best looking NFT art that I've seen that I had come across and immediately bought in and, and was like, what's up guys? Uh, that, and that happened to be, um, NFH. 
and the first uh the first nfh nft i bought was uh bullseye so cyclops bull uh number 5207 and i was like this dude is badass and uh from there then i bought another one and another one another one now i own like 10 10 nfh nfts uh 20 bananas three gods and i was awarded recently a uh legendary one of one number 39 uh called black monster for now and i unofficially own the number one rarity nfh number 7745 um thanks thanks for my uh Thanks to a tip from Yellow. Uh, shout out to Yellow. Uh, and yeah, that's about it. Oh, and as far as uh, the villain faction, uh, I sort of always rooted for the villains in the movies. So like when I was like, oh, there's a villain faction here, then I was like, of course. You know, I like uh, Negan and um, the the James Bond villains, always rooting for the, for the villains. And of course, Scarface. Who put this thing together? Me, that's who. <laughs> that's great. Thanks, thanks for that intro for sure. And that that brings up like the next the next question I have for the rest of you guys is like you know obviously you guys made it to NFH somehow whether it's through BB Code originally and have developed into NFH and saw that development or whether it is you guys came in directly into NFH. Uh, but for those of you that aren't familiar with non fungible heroes. There's two fact. Well, I guess technically, three factions. I guess if you if you want to put gods into their own, um, but two main ones. There's heroes and and villains, and so there's at the very beginning, you know, happy family. Not that we're not still a happy family with with villains and, and heroes interacting, but there was a call to make a divide and say, okay, you're either a hero or you're a villain. Pick your pick your side. Um, I'll speak up a little bit. Um, obviously, a lot of people know that I came in at the very beginning of BBCO. I'm the community manager for BBCO slash uh, NFH, have been for, for pretty much since the beginning. I um, approached Mad Boogie, um, one of the artists, and I talked pretty often. I would say at least once a week we would, we would chat in private. And when NFH... Um, kind of came about there was a contest and people threw up suggestions i i threw up a couple suggestions one of which was heroes and villains and the rest is history as they say but i had approached um mad boogie and said man you need to do a jester for me and uh like non-negotiable and he's like all right yeah like dope like i'll, I'll make one for you uh, a one of one and i said okay that's that's sick um he's like like a hero and i was like absolutely not like it must be a villain like i i need to have a villain so that's kind of how i got into the villain faction uh is actually through my my one of one that i had requested i was like a jester has to be a villain you can't have like a a nice jester then they just they look weird and crazy so they have to be uh they got to be a villain so how did the rest of you guys come to decide to go to the villain side as opposed to um the hero side i guess let's let's kind of make it a little bit organized uh duma how what made you decide to go villain you know i'm i'm just a natural villain <laughs> <laughs> no honestly uh i think i think like one of the main things was uh parlay at the time was real big about the heroes too mm. <laughs> and so i just kind of 
went off against him, sort of, as more like a reaction. Um, and I also kind of thought, like, you know, if I'm, a, if I'm a villain, I could probably get away with, uh, you know, a little more edgy, saying edgy things and whatnot, you know, and not get in trouble. For sure. I like I like that. Yeah, that was, that's kind of similar because, um, you know, I was, Shaman and I were kind of bantering back and forth for a while there. Um, as things kind of established, I, you know, Shaman, of course, is CEO of, of NFH. And um, as you guys heard in, in his podcast, you know, I, I was one that brought him into NFH originally and, uh, and got him, got his start. So it's, it's pretty crazy to see his full circle development from being what the hell is this to, I now am the CEO of everything. So, um, right. and then now, and then of course we became like adversaries, you know, obviously fake adversaries and he was kind of the head of the, the heroes and I was kind of heading up the villains for a while there uh, while things got kicked off. So I, I get that. I get that. Commodore, what about you? What led you to, uh, to being a villain? Oh, there was no two ways around that. Uh, <laughs> I've always been uh, a bit of a, a, in real life, a bit of a villainous anti-hero anyway. Mm. Um, I've always had, I've always had a bit of a swing towards, uh, uh, towards the likes of Vegeta, for example. And then once they started coming towards, uh, started throwing up the one of ones that I saw and the, uh, the, the clock turned up and it was sitting there and I was kind of pegging my way towards that, uh, line of sight. Um, there was... Yeah, it was it was going all the way, and once uh, I started getting a bit more chummy with uh, the likes of Duma and uh, Kato, um, it was definitely <laughs> it was it was a stick. I had no choice but to keep giving it out to uh, to Kato. I tell you what, they deserve it. They keep giving it back to, so I'm going to keep keep saying villainous on them. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm with Duma. Like, I I just. Parlay is just such an easy person to mess with. And, and he, he likes to, it goes both ways. And, you know, he obviously works with uh, OMM and on our, our team chat that we have, there's, there's many an antagonistic remark going back and forth. I mean, he's a young frat boy. I mean, it's not, it's not hard to find material. So um, <laughs> code name, you're up next. What, what brought you to the, to the dark side? Um, so, so I'm I'm kind of of the opinion that you know the, the villains are the hero in the story. Um, you know, I'm I'm a older crypto dude. I've been in the space for a long time. When crypto first came out, right, it was it was seen as nefarious. It was seen as evil. It was seen as like an attempt to overthrow currencies and and you know allow people shady opportunities to make transactions. Um, and now, now you see it coming into its own. You see these big corporations, you know, Nike, Adidas, you know, buying into the space, creating their own NFT companies, their own NFT projects. And, and so, you know, I've always kind of looked at the crypto space as we're, we've always been seen and viewed by society as villains. Um, but yet, you know, in, in the, in the eyes of history, we'll become the villains, but over time, as that story unfolds, you'll find a new a new renaissance, a new mindset, a new a new shift in thinking. And as the paradigm unfolds, we'll become the heroes. And so, you know, the idea of being a hero in the NFT space to me, you know, represents Web two. Uh, and so, you know, the villains are here for for Web three. 
And so when, when the time came, it was like, oh yeah, well, if, if you're in this space, you're perceived as, as a villain. And so, you know, I, I quickly aligned to, uh, to that. Um, I think also, you know, the other big thing that when they started to talk about, you know, look, you'll be able to tell your own story. You'll be able to, you know, own the fate of your non-fungible hero. Uh, the, the stories of villains are always much more elaborate um, and, you know, rarely told. And, and so, you know, the idea of, you know, how some of these villains became villains, um, and what the story that they had behind them that helped them, you know, go to the, to the mindset that they're currently in, um, is, is far more interesting, right? Like the, the Genesis story of the Joker is more interesting to me than the Genesis story of Batman. Um, you know, so, so, I've always kind of found the idea of, of villains and the stories of villains. And I think, I think Duma got it right on. You can be a little bit more edgy. You can, you can tell your own story in its own way and it can include, you know, robberies. It can also include doing good things just for reasons that are, are unknown um, with, with unknown motivations. Um, and I, I really like that dichotomy. Well, that was super deep. No, but I mean, I, I'm in agreement with that. I think, you know, one of the things that I've really enjoyed seeing, and I, I think probably Duma can can agree to this or, or speak to this more clearly because he's coming from, you know, obviously BB Co. from the very beginning, when one of the things I felt was missing in the community was a sense of playfulness. I, you know, when when BB code started and, and before non-fungible kind of like really kind of hit off uh, codename, you were like the quintessential community member of BB co, you know, it, it was predominantly individuals that were coming in for the open source code or for educational purposes to find out more about how to, to create a project. And so the actual general chat was pretty quiet. Uh, the ask a question, channel was a, a, about a lot more active and then beyond that it was very uh i guess for lack of a better term professional i suppose in the communication you know, there was some joking around and stuff but it was very much like g-rated like friendly professional answer the question that's being asked um and i was having to find other discords to be you know inappropriate and you know uh i'm a very big like gift poster and try to creep people out with my gifts that's how octopus man originated in the first place was a creepy gif and um and so i i couldn't do that in bb code it just it, it wasn't the right environment and then as non-fungible came out and things started to develop i was like "Ooh, i can i can get what i need out of this environment now and um and so, yeah, it was it was exciting to be able to have that dynamic in a community that I had really grown roots in, but wasn't able to kind of be edgy. And as uh, as Duma alluded to, when Parlay decided to go hero, it was I I there's no way I could be on the same thing as Parlay anyway. So it, it had to it had to happen. Um, Buckshot. So what made you decide to be a villain? Oh. Just like uh, Commodore said, I've always been a little bit more anti-hero, and uh, 
I, th- I think it goes back to video games. I was always attracted to the villains, always attracted to just being able to kind of not be who you are in real life, you know, a little more edgy, a little more uh, offensive, unapologetically. And uh, yeah, I'm a little bit of a twerp in Discord, kind of messing with people and, and not full on troll, but <laughs> yeah, I felt like I could get away with it <laughs> being a villain. And, uh, and I, was, I was so attracted to the villains, the art, mm-hmm. and just, uh, I mean, the heroes are awesome too, but, you know, just in NFH, the community is so, is so amazing and everybody's so welcoming that you don't get in there and feel like you're being attacked by either side. You know, if you're a villain, the heroes don't hate on you. If you're a hero, the villains don't just, you know, they're not mean. It's, it's all fun and, and, uh, you know, there's just a good spirit about it, but yeah, just the, all, all of that kind of wraps it up and I, I couldn't be a hero. I just had to be a villain. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. So the next thing I'd like for us to address is something that I, I actually would like for, I guess Duma was the one that established it um, to address. Yeah. So the, uh, the villain HQ, I guess we can talk about it now. I mean, uh, honestly, originally it was just kind of a, a an idea that came from um, the Kia, the Koala Intelligence Agency. I was uh, I was over there at first, uh, around one point, and uh, made a group of uh, friends um, with uh, various traits, um, and so we just made a. Uh, a separate uh, group chat that was, you know, just a way to get away from, you know, uh, the mods and everything and just talk freely um, and have like a, uh, you know, build a community, I guess, really. it's It does a lot to um, improve the community, like uh, report and all that. <clears throat> and uh, I guess it just fits really well with, you know, hero and villain factions to have a, uh, a separate um, place to organize and talk and then, uh, things like that. Um, the, the quests, uh, early on we had the, uh, the quest with, um, I forget which one it was, but there were, there were spies apparently, Mm -hmm. uh, in the, uh, various groups in the, in the discord. Um, and so we decided to make a separate chat. And so that's how it like technically got made. But then it kind of transformed into the, the whole community type thing, I guess. Um, and so now we, we kind of move towards wanting to uh, have like a whole whole setup for, you know, making lore, organizing things, uh, rallying the troops, you know, just to have everybody able to communicate outside of um, the, the NFH uh, Discord. Yeah, I think, you know, being able to centralize the group was a really, really great idea. Um, so I guess, you know, you took it, you started it, and then it seems like Codename has kind of come in and and, uh, and ran with the idea as well. Uh, Codename, can you can you kind of speak to the uh, Villain HQ as well? I'd like to hear your input. Yeah, so, so you know, we were we were doing the, the Quest Lord quest, um, and I guess I was, you know, participating enough or, or seen as a participant enough that they invited me over to this thing. 
uh, I think it was called Dylan High Council at the time. Uh, and, you know, we, I went over there and, you know, was just bombarded by a ton of these villains that, you know, I had come to know and, and grow with on the server. Um, and, and yeah, we, you know, we kind of worked through and, and like Duma said, organized it and, you know, we're, we're starting to try to, you know, build it out to a place more where we can, you know, onboard villains, bring them up through the ranks, uh, you know, drop alpha to people, you know, just, there's just tons of whitelist opportunities. So, you know, we have a nice little, uh, alpha channel that we drop, you know, stuff, you know, free whitelist and stuff in, um, and then, you know, try to, uh, try to get villains who are in NFH, uh, to kind of cement them and become, grow them out and to become part of the community. Um, you know, I, I spend, I spend a lot of time, uh, in, in, you know, these guys, these guys, uh, DMs and, and, you know, especially step, uh, you know, I'm off and bouncing crazy ideas off him and he's coming up ways that we can implement them. Um, and yeah, we, we came up with, with this idea to, to create kind of an org chart, um, kind of a cohesive environment for which, you know, all of the villains can, can operate in. Uh, it kind of sprung out of an event that, that we did, uh, villain con, uh, we had a career fair there. And so, you know, we started to actually make these companies and flesh them out and, uh, give them organizational, uh, structure. And then, you know, as people join in villain HQ, we can give them jobs, uh, in the organization, you know, make them vice presidents and managers and, and stuff. And so, you know, it's like Duma said, I think it was, it was something that, you know, he, he got the ball rolling on. Uh, to, to build up the community and, and, you know, with the help of some, some of us that he's pulled in, uh, we've been able to kind of organize it and, and grow it into something that's, that's been pretty awesome. Yeah. One of the things that I, I found interesting about another project. So there's a, a pro I wish I could remember the name of the project I was talking. So formerly there was a, a show called Pamp Tank. It's kind of like Shark Tank for NFTs. And I was uh, I was one of the judges on that show. And one of the other um, judges and I were talking in private. And I can't recall the project that he was involved in. But one of the things I found interesting that they did is they had basically like a, a group of token holders within the project. So it was... I, I think it was everyone, but potentially not, but um, a vast majority of one specific trait, they created their own, like basically like discord shoot off of everyone that had that specific trait. And what they, they did was basically were able to then dictate a, the price of that specific trait by getting that community together and saying, okay, in order to be part of our community and they had an alpha channel on there like to be part of our subsect community you have to own this trait in order to get in and then if you're gonna list it up for sale it has to be at like i don't know like two plus ether and i think the floor of the overall project was like 0.1 or something but this random trait was set at like a two eth floor because of this this community that has come together and was able to do that and that's one of the things that I was thinking about um, for like this like villain sect is if it was able to grow strong enough where 
you know, as as coding was alluding to, you know, building that community, cementing them into the the villain side, is I'm so curious if we as a community on the villain side would be able to move the needle on the floor price specifically for villains. That's always kind of intrigued me. I know obviously there's lots of people that are involved on, you know, having the villains, but but are not, um, you know, kind of like in the the community cemented, and they and they may not be part of that group. But as an overall look, if we were able to kind of make that move and and make that shift, so all the heroes are on the floor and all the villains are are high priced, that would be pretty sick. Um, I know what that other community did as well is they had i don't know exactly how it worked but somehow they had like a community wallet and i think it was through like sales i guess they ended up like if they sold one and they added to the community wallet or whatever i don't know i don't really know how it worked but essentially they had like a community wallet that if someone that was not part of that group posted something for below the, the floor level they would buy it um, buy it up. So they were maintaining the floor essentially single-handedly for that one trait. Obviously it's a lot easier when it's whatever it is, like 50 of that trait, as opposed to, you know, half of the total inventory of, uh, you know, 10,000. But um, it was, it's, it's a unique, a unique idea and take. So what I'd like to transition to now is you know, obviously you guys are all really bought into whether it's like financially or just like emotionally, but really bought into um, this community. So I kind of want to hear from you guys as we kind of wrap up our final question is where do you see non-fungible heroes going in the future? And, um, you know, obviously you guys are excited for the ride, but let's, let's start off with Buckshot. Where do you, where do you see this community going to? Oh, I think from the start, I've kind of seen NFH as, as not having a ceiling, you know, so it kind of sky's the limit, especially, you know, Shaman gets in there and spits alpha and is talking about Hollywood. And, and I, I can think like, it's, I know it's silly, but at the same time, I know all of you get it. You know, I can think countless nights sitting, talking to my wife, just being like, I don't think, I don't think people fully understand the, the possibilities that we have with a project like this. And so I, I think time will tell, um, you know, it sounds like there are some amazing things going on behind the scenes that we're not privy to quite yet, but, uh, you know, the, the rapid development on the game and the tokenomics and, oh man, I don't even know. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it, I would say sometime within the past two or three months, it kind of transitioned for me. Like this isn't a project I just want to be in. And, you know, once, once we hit a one ETH floor, I'm bailing. Like I'm gonna have a really hard time letting go of any of my NFH, and so the, it's it's kind of one of those uh, like you said, both financial but also emotional investments where you know I'm here for I'm here for a while and I'm not quite sure what it's gonna to take to shake me. Uh, and even after e even when that time comes, like I'm not I'm not leaving a Discord channel or anything. Like I, I'm I'm with NH, NFH for a while, a long while. For sure. Yeah. I, I've, I've told my, uh, told my wife, I said, you know, I plan on, if I can't buy a house with an NFH, then I, it, it'll just sit there. And that's how I am across the board for all, you know, for pretty much all my projects. Like I've got, um, I'm invested in, in quite a few projects and quite a few dead ones. And there was times where I probably could have sold, but 
it's just one of those things where I'd rather just keep in my wallet. I mean, if, if I can make, you know, good money on them, then great. I'll do it. But, um, otherwise we'll just sit there. I think, I think at total, I have like close to 600, um, NFTs, but I've only sold like, I think like six in my life. So I, um, yeah, I'm definitely like an NFT hoarder. Hard to let go. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You get those emotional connections. I, I already told people like I've got the, um, the one of one, Bob Ross banana and I'm I will be writing it in my will to one of my children like it's not that's not going anywhere <laughs> that's awesome um step one same question to you man like where where do you think this is going all right I think we've got some connection issues with step one there so we're gonna go with uh Commodore no worries. Uh, firstly, I'm just going to reiterate uh, NFH for life. That's just going to be there. <laughs> There's no two ways around <laughs> that. And um, to, your, uh, to your statement about the uh, Bob Ross being popped into the will, same, same deal with Commodore. It's, there's, there's no two ways around it. But um, where do I see everything going um, with NFH in particular in the future? Is um, I was I love comics. So I love uh, uh, old school uh, animated uh, TV series, and that's exactly where I initially saw uh, the first banner title that I saw for the for non fungible heroes, and that's that's where I kind of saw it going. And then after listening to Shaman and the, uh, all the OGs going on about it, there's no two ways around that. That's the angle that it most definitely will and is going down. Uh, further to that, though, I see that these. Uh, the W3, all the tokens, and uh, say, for example, uh, law, uh, dollar sign law, uh, and will become uh, in real life uh, integrations to uh, TV shows that you see. That's a potential future that I see, and being able to interact in that way. And from that point, moving into AR and VR metaverse based series, that's where I see it all going. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Some exciting, some exciting stuff down the road, I think. You know, we're definitely making a transition from being a digital, exclusively blockchain world to kind of going into into like the IRL um, type integration, which is is definitely super exciting. Um, step one, I, it seems like you're back online oh. now. Um, yeah, go ahead and, uh, and and give your two cents. Where do you where do you see this going? Uh, I see NFH uh, going uh, while well, I'm pointing to the moon. <laughs> all the way up love it going all the way up yeah so yeah we got a unbeatable team at the top of the project and we have uh the community building out the lore and participation and growing it it's uh it's really one of those things that is going to 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 go straight up it's going to go straight up any day now and uh that's when that's when everybody will find out when it's too late so if you're mm-hmm. listening to this Probably better D Y O R real quick and pack your bags. That's NFA. Um, shout out to uh, the whole uh, NFH or uh, well, NFB uh, NF villains crew, <laughs> and uh, and I'll see the the heroes at the NFH picnic. Yeah, that's uh, that's when uh, Codename's gonna bring out the the time machine. Yeah, Flitz was asking about that. I said, hey, I can't let you into the lair, but uh, at the NFH, the yearly family picnic, uh, you can uh, get a ride in the time machine. There you go. 
Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, one of the things that you, you just mentioned is pretty huge. And, you know, I know Shaman mentioned it in, in his podcast is, you know, this is a very unique opportunity, not just for like non-fungible heroes or not, not just for NFTs, but in general, if, if this is able to get where, you know, the goal is obviously Hollywood, the goal is to be able to get some sort of series created. And if that's able to happen, this would be a one of a kind experience where instead of you have insiders creating lore, these insiders, you know, creating this this narrative for the heroes and villains it's a community driven project where the community is really dictating how things are going and the whole project in general was because of the community you know there was um people put up suggestions and and it was voted on i i believe duma i think you were one of the ones that had one of the suggestions actually for either gods or heroes and villains isn't that correct yeah, it was the gods, and uh, you were the heroes, right? Yeah, yeah. I suggest my, you know, it, it's it's kind of hard to take full credit for the heroes and villains aspect on my end because, in all due respect, like uh, my idea of heroes and villains was was a far cry from where, where we are at now. Um, I did suggest heroes and villains, but I also had in parentheses like a very specific idea, and they definitely did not go with it, and uh, which is fine because this is this is super dope. Um, my original idea was like everyday heroes and villains. So you would have like, um, you know, like a teacher as like a hero or villain. It's like very like profession oriented, like an accountant, all these like, you know, a stay at home mom would be like a superhero. And I, I thought that it would speak to the community really well where people could, you know, like, oh, dude, I want the attorney because I'm an attorney or I want the doctor because I'm a doctor and have that everyday hero and villain aspect I thought would be like a really cool thing to do. Um, didn't go that route, but that's cool. I also suggested um, bikers, which I thought would have been really dope too. A, a biker project. I haven't really seen any that have been done really well. Um, but I spoke to uh, V pretty, pretty intently and, uh, and also boogie regarding the biker side, which was more of less of like, I guess like the concept and more of the factions and, the battling factions and being able to have two different factions, I think would have been really cool. And well, that already happened just in the heroes and villains side. So I guess it kind of, that dream came to reality and it's, it's cool to see. Um, Duma, go ahead and continue on though. And, and tell us like, where, where do you see this project going? You know, I see us going like completely like mainstream flipping Marvel. Um, <laughs> uh, Really, though, I, I think it's going to be uh, we're going to be pretty fucking huge. Um, like you can you can look at Marvel and these other uh, superhero type like fandoms, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, collectors they'll pay millions of dollars for uh, old comic books and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but with us, we have NFTs, and so you know every single fan like has real skin in the game. Mm-hmm. You know they have a monetary value really in it. So it's just going to be like the, the fans will be just twice as, you know, uh, excited, I guess. Um, they get to take part in creating the uh, the show and everything, the comic that they that they love so much. It's just a really, really easy thing to, to see it going just straight to the moon. Yeah, I, I see. Um, well, I'll let I'll let Codename 
chime in, then I'll give my two cents is, is what I see as the future of, of NFH. Um, Codename, what, what do you got, man? You know, I, I, I really think that this, you know, project not only has the potential to be, you know, a, a blue chip, but, but one of the premier blue chips. And I think that's what kind of everyone has been alluding to. Um, first off, you know, the art team at Boogie, them, you know, is any project they work on from an art perspective, I'm trying to get my hands on. <laughs> like, let me just say that, like, whether there's utility, whether there's value, like, I look at that, I look at their art and I see the value and I want that hanging on my wall. I want that in my galleries. I want that, you know, available to me as, as an owner. Um, you combine that with, with what, you know, Shaman, the leadership team are doing, you know, I've, I've learned so much on how to handle tough situations from him just by being near him and, and listening to, you know, kind of his thought process on things, um, you know, from, from getting people like Buckshot into the community at mint price when the floor was much higher and, and doing those community buy-ins to get people in, um, we've seen him, We've seen people get rugged and him and the, the community buy back their NFTs from the floor and then the community, you know, refund and, and get them back right from an NFH perspective to mm-hmm. keep them in the community. You know, we, you just see these things happening that, you know, you look at other communities um, and, and that's that's not the case. Uh, so, you know, the community first focus uh, that the leadership team is bringing um, is just incredible. The, the ability to facilitate the community, you know, I, I, I came up with the idea to do VillainCon, um, and they could have just been like, yeah, that's that's overstepping, and instead, you know, Westlord and, and Trees and them were like, let us give you access to post and announcements, let us give you access to bring your own things into the channel, let us give you your own space to, like, bring this thing to life. Um, that level of, you know, trying and allowing to, you know, empower people in the community to contribute at a high level. Um, it's just amazing. And I think, I think as the project gains steam, as the announcements get out of what is happening with the future of the project, um, I, I think you're going to see a lot of people try to fight for their way into it. I think you can already start to see it, you know, over the last month. Um, and, I think that is just going to continue to grow in demand. And as long as, you know, we can find a way to be inclusive for all of those people, especially all the villains um, that, you know, we're going to, we're going to go to places that are, you know, beyond our, beyond what we can vision. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, you know, being able to, and that's what I saw with BBCO originally is just a, a core group of people that really cared and we're going to work hard to, basically reinvent uh what it means to be an nft holder you know the the education side i found really attractive you know the charitable contributions i felt really attractive uh, and then of course like development of nfh and all the hard work they've been doing and bringing on new people and i think you know the community is growing slowly which i think is the best way to grow a community uh, those flash in the pans don't end up going very well uh, i look at projects like you know, like the OGs, if we're talking about like CryptoPunks or if we're talking about, um, you know, Bored Apes and look at those projects and say, what are they really bringing to their communities other than 
you know, art and then the community just by being a holder, you know, are they, what are they doing that's innovative? You know, okay, they created, you know, board apes made mutants and, and that's, that's fine. I mean, it's great art. Um, but I think NFH is doing something so much bigger that like you said, I think it would definitely, we're definitely heading in the, in the direction of being the premier blue chip. I think that's, that's kind of where I see the future going as well. Uh, that's why I have, you know, a fairly large holding that I've never sold any of them, never posted any for sale. I've, you know, hodled my original 20 minted bananas that I had and um, my whatever, I forgot, like 69 or something uh, NFH that I that I minted and then I, I bought some on secondary as well. But, um, you know, I definitely see, see that trajectory as well. Um, one of the things that I'm hoping to see is that this group right here, um, that we're on a call with this, this podcast group will eventually, uh, be sitting around and doing an actual round table at a Comic-Con. And I'm speaking that into existence right now. Uh, we will see everybody on this call at an in-person podcast, um, streamed live at a Comic-Con. It's going to happen. We're going to be looked at regardless of when you entered in, to nfh at this point if you're on this podcast you are an og right even though you may have come in later on you weren't a mentor it doesn't matter like at this point we're still so early that we're going to be considered ogs um i want to thank again everybody for for joining us on the podcast today uh, we will see everybody next time on shillin and chillin thanks for tuning in guys